نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوب إليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وأمينه على وحيه ومبلغ الناس شرعه فصلوا الله وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد أيها المؤمنون عباد الله اتقوا الله تعالى فإن من اتقى الله وقاه وأرشده إلى خير أموره ديني ودنيا Respected brothers in Islam Indeed Allah سبحانه وتعالى In his infinite mercy and in the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has blessed this ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the sharia and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he grants this ummah certain times with certain blessings and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that indeed your Lord وَرَبُّكَ and indeed your Lord creates whatsoever he wills and it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that chooses and it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that grants each and every one some blessings so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it such that he's made certain months or certain blessings. And all of us sitting here today, we all know that we are heading into the month of Ramadan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before this month of Ramadan, he gives us the month of Sha'ban. And this is the month in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he fasted a great deal. And Aisha radiallahu anha she mentions and she says that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used to fast till one would say that he would never stop fasting. And he would abandon fasting till one would say that he would never have fasted. And I never saw the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fasting a whole month except in the month of Ramadan. And I did not see him fasting in any month more than in the month of Sha'ban. <coughs> so here we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is obviously a reason that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would not just have fasted if there wasn't some blessing for this month and this is why he fasted a great deal. So the ulama they make jam and they say that you find this other ahadith that says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he fasted the month of Sha'ban. Then there are other ahadith that says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he fasted most of the month of Sha'ban. And this seems to be the answer to this that he did not fast 
the entire month, but he sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he fasted most of the month. How do we come to this? Because there's other hadith that says that basically after the 15th of Sha'ban, then what happens? Then you should be seizing your fast. And to another hadith, two or three days before the month of Ramadan, then no one should be fasting. So there are various hadith speaking about various scenarios with regards to fasting in the month of Sha'ban. But which seems to be the rajih, wallahu a'lam, is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he fasted most of the month. So this is indeed a blessing. Usama ibn Zayd, he mentioned and he said that, O Messenger of Allah, I do not see you fasting any month as much as the month of Sha'ban. He said that this is a month to which people do not pay much attention. Meaning people are neglectful. Between, and this is the month between Rajab and Ramadan, which is Sha'ban. It is a month in which the deeds are taken up to the Lord of the worlds. And I like that my deeds be taken up whilst I am fasting. So here we find there are three scenarios. Number one, that the deeds of the Prophet weekly is taken on a Monday and Thursday. And then for the year, it is taken up during the month of Sha'ban. Now on this hadith, there is obviously a bit of difference of opinion on the authenticity of the hadith. But many of the classical scholars have deemed the hadith to be Hassan. And of the latter scholars, Allama Sheikh Albani, rahimahullah ta'ala, he deems this hadith to be Hassan as well. My beloved brothers in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a guide. He sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a mercy to this ummah. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when speaking about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that he is rahmatul lil alameen. That he, Muhammad, peace be upon him, is a mercy unto mankind. And the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is indeed a guidance that cannot be neglected. Following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is incumbent on every believing male and female. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in various places in the Quran, he mentions this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا That take and follow everything that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given you. And stay far away from that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has not given or what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself has stayed away from. So with regards to our actions, with regards to our ibadah, our slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to let this be in conjunction and in conformity with the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And during this month of Sha'ban, there's a particular night which marks the middle of this month, yani the 15th of Sha'ban, known as Nisfu Sha'ban or Laylatul Barah or in Cape Town which is known as Ruwa. 
In the Indian community, it is known as Shabi Barat. So what is this night? Is there any significance? Let us see what the Prophet wasallam and what the scholars of Islam has said regarding this. So we find that during this night, that people, they seem to uphold this particular night with various actions, as we will see as the khutbah goes on. And the first question that needs to come up, did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, did he say anything with regards to this night? And I draw your attention to a hadith narrated by Mu'adh ibn Jabal. He narrated that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Allah has the blessed and most high looks and he draws his attention to his creation on the 15th of Sha'ban. And he forgives all of his creation except for the one who ascribes partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the mushrik. Whether he believes that there's two or more Allahs, whether he believes that making dua to the dead is allowed and he makes dua to the dead. So whatever shirk is involved in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at him, Allah does not forgive him on this night. And the one who shows enmity. So he has a problem with his brother, he has a problem with his sister. They're not talking to each other, but nothing is resolved. So these two groups of people, Allah Azza wa Jal, does not look at them with mercy on the 15th of Sha'ban. Again, this hadith is authenticated by Sheikh Albani rahimallah ta'ala and many others. So what do we learn from this hadith? What we learn from this hadith is that Allah looks at the Muslims on this night except two groups. Does this hadith say that you need to do extra acts of worship? No. Does this hadith say that you need to recite three yasins on the night and make a dua after every yasin? No. Does this hadith say that you need to make a particular salah? No. Does this hadith say that you need to go to the graveyards? The answer is no. So now I want to draw your attention, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the fatwa or a part of a fatwa by Allama Abdul Aziz bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala who was the Grand Mufti of Saudi Arabia and the Sheikh he basically begins to speak about the 15th of Sha'ban and he says that from the innovations from the bid'ah is to celebrate or to keep up the 15th of Sha'ban by specifically fasting on the 15th of Sha'ban. So what the Sheikh is saying is that speak fasting on the 15th of Sha'ban because it is the 15th of Sha'ban, then this is a bid'ah. As for someone that fasts on the 13th, the 14th and the 15th, like which is his ada, which is what he does every month, then there is no problem with this. And the Sheikh he carries on and he says that there is no hadith and there is no virtue 
of keeping up this night with any specific form of ibadah. The Sheikh then carries on and he says, the ahadith that are mentioned about the fadail of doing certain actions, they are all weak and some of them are even fabricated. The Sheikh then goes on and he carries on and he speaks about innovations and he ends off his fatwa by quoting the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in suratul ma'idah Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum ul-islama deena verse number three Al-yawma akmaltu lakum that on this day I have perfected for you your religion and as many of us we know that this was the day of Arafah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there's no more ahkam, there's no more rulings of the sharia that's going to come after this day. This day we have completed your deen for you. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati and that we've bestowed and we showered upon you our favor. And whose favor is better to us than the favor of Allah azza wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the worlds, whose favor is better than the favors of Allah that he bestows upon this ummah. And that I've chosen for you the deen of Islam. Islam. That the deen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Islam. Imagine. Have you ever pondered? Have you ever thought, O oh slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you could not have been a Muslim? Have you ever thought, have you ever thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he guided you to Islam? It could have been written that you'd be following any other religion, but Allah bestowed his favor upon each of us sitting here today. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man ahdatha fi amrina, hadha ma laysa fi, fahuwa rad. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions and he says that whomsoever introduces into this deen of ours, into this matter of ours, yani the religion of Islam, that which is not part of Islam with regards to ibadah, fahuwa rad, it will be, Rejected. And the Sheikh, he ends his fatwa with this hadith. So, my beloved brothers in Islam, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find that on the 15th of Sha'ban, we find that people they gather in the masajid, and some of them they have the belief. Or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will decree what will happen for the year on the 15th of Sha'ban. And some of them base this on the first few verses of Surah Dukhan. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where he says, Inna anzalnahu fi laylatim mubarakah, inna kunna mundhirin. 
that indeed we sent eat the Quran on a blessed night right? and verily we are ever warning fiha and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says fiha therein yufraku that therein is decreed every matter that will take place so as we know tafsir the, when we look at tafsir the first thing what do we do we need to look at tafsir al-Quran bil-Quran so when we look at this verse we don't look at the sayings of the companions we don't look at the sayings of the tabi'in but we first need to look at the Quran so I take you to Surah Al-Qadr where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna anzalna fi laylatil qadr so on this night of power this is the night which is, goes hand in hand with this verses in Surah Dukhan. And if one reads the tafsir of Imam At-Tabri, of Imam Kathir and Qurtubi and others, you will find that this is the correct opinion and Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. O slaves of Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find also on this night that people... They gather their families, they go to the masajid, like I mentioned earlier, they recite three yasins, they give a talk. And most of these talks are based with, like we mentioned earlier, either weak ahadith or fabricated ahadith. Of these weak ahadith is a hadith that mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he went and he visited the graveyard. So he went on the 15th of Sha'ban, he visited the graveyard. And Aisha radiallahu anha, I'm just paraphrasing the hadith, and Aisha radiallahu anha, she woke up and she realized that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not home. He's not there. So she thought maybe he went to one of his other spouses. So she got up and then she found and she went out and she found Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the graveyard which is Ghardat al-Baqi and what does she find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is making dua there. However this hadith is da'if, this hadith is weak. So what do we find? That people, even in our own communities, that on the 15th of Sha'ban they dress in white and they go to where? They go to the graveyard. They make dua for the deceased, etc. So these are also of the bid'ah, of the innovations that people do on the 15th of Sha'ban. And then also what we find, my beloved brothers, in Islam, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that people, certain countries, they have a specific salah and they say that this salah is narrated by Ibn Umar and it consists of a certain amount of raka'at and you must read suratul ikhlas kul wallahu ahad a certain times etc and Allah azza wa jal will forgive you so they practice this on the 27th of Rajab and on the 15th of Sha'ban this however again is not even weak but fabricated 
So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins. Aqulu hadha qawl wa astaghfiru Allah li wa lakum wa lisari muslimin min kulli dham. Fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafurur rahim. الحمد لله العظيم الإحسان وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله وسلم عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد أيها المؤمنون عباد الله اتقوا الله تعالى ثبت في الصحيح مسلم حديث أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تختص ليلة الجمعة بقيام من بين الليالي ولا تخص يوم الجمعة بالصيام من بين الأيام إلا أن يكون في سوم يسومه أحدكم on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an, he narrates that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, do not single out Friday night, yani the night preceding the day of Jum'ah. Amongst all the other nights for performing the night prayer. Also do not single out Friday amongst other days for fasting unless it coincides with the days that one regularly fasts. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim rahimallahu ta'ala. So slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith mentions the virtue of the day of Jum'ah. It mentions Yawmul Jum'ah. And specifically it mentions the bounties and the virtues of the night, yani Thursday, night of the Maghrib. It is indeed the night, as we know that the night precedes the day. So there's obviously certain virtues on this night. So the Prophet wasallam he teaches us and he says, do not single out this night. And this is of the best night. Yawmul Jum'ah is the best day. So if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us in this hadith, do not single out this night, right? Thursday night after Maghrib, for special prayer. Then what's still about singling out other nights? Because had these nights had a specific virtue, then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his companions would have done what? They would have sat in the masjid. He would have given a talk. He would have recited three yasin. He would have made du'as after every recitation. He would have taken the people to the maqbara. But the mere fact that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not do this teaches us that following the manhaj and the methodology of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we should not be doing this as well. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we mentioned at the start of the khutbah, is a mercy unto mankind. Yani rahmatun lil alameen. He was khayrul bashar. He was the best of creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
blessed Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ghufira lahu ma taqaddama that had he had any sins before they know that that sins will be forgiven this was Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not do an action then who am I who is someone else to do these actions and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us success hadha wa sallu wa sallimu ra'akumullah ala muhammad ibn abdillah kama amarakumullahu bitha